And it is showtime for the Centralist Day. Welcome to the show. Welcome to our beautiful worldwide audience. I hear from people all over the world saying, what the hell are you doing, Mr. Angley there? <laughs> the hell are you talking about? The hell are you doing? You know, when you hear from people in Iran and they're telling you, they're like opening up their heart and telling you how much they they hate their government, the religious regime and all that. You know what, man? It warms my heart that there are people willing to speak up and take a risk. You're taking a risk. You know, a lot of countries don't have free speech in Iran. They, they don't have anything, nothing. I mean, they are just power and control and uh, it's a theocracy, you know. So apparently, you know, a short time ago, is Jay? Let me add Jay. Add Jay in there. Here we go, dude. I'm just Iran for a second. But how you doing, man? I, how was your week and how's everything going? Uh, so far, so good. I got uh, six, five days left at my old job, and then start the new job in October. So I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> That's good, man. You know what? Change. A lot of people don't like change, but but it's a necessary thing. You know. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I would have rather have stayed where I was, but they're just not promoting me. So this new place promoted me, and I'm, I'm making at least a $5 or close to a $5 raise. So that's an awesome thing. Can't sneeze at that, man. You know, yeah. every little bit counts, especially these days. But price oh, yeah. is crazy. Stock market crash and oil went below 80. I mean, it was ended up in the mid-70s, I thought I saw. So, I mean, you would think at that point, you know, OPEC's ideal price Price is uh, seventy-one dollars per barrel, which should make our gasoline about a dollar eighty a gallon. And then, obviously, it ain't no dollar eighty a gallon. You know, you know, when the price goes up, they raise it right away, even in yeah. the ground. You know, like you know, those even the stuff we've already paid for, right? I understand that. Yeah, that's those, <laughs> those dealers had already paid for for that gas in the ground. You know, my father used to own a gas station, so I mean, you you have to pay them, and that's it. And so, but when the price goes up, I guess they look at it like it's the commodity and they're going to raise that price, even though what they paid, but whatever, you know, I mean, it's people trying to look for electric. That's not an answer. You know, I, I mean, we're seeing, wait till these electric car batteries start blowing up and, you know, I mean, lithium, have you ever seen a lithium fire? No. Oh my God. You know, I'm not telling you to do this anybody out there. Here's my disclaimer, you know, if you put a nail through a lithium battery, like the thing basically explodes and, and turns into all kinds of unbelievable mess. Oh, it looks like to me, it looks like a magnesium strip going up. It, it burns that yeah. hot and, and it's that active. So, and then, you know, just recently a bicycle, uh, one of those lithium bikes in the city caught fire and then burnt, burned up a whole apartment complex because <laughs> it was wow. leaning against it and it was so hot. They, they couldn't put it out with conventional means, you know, so, but that's, you know what, that's part of it. And, and I think when you make the mad dash to look for some new technology, when you're not ready for it, it it's just is what it is, but we're stuck with fossil fuels. And I think we need to just get better gas mileage, you know, try to get as much out of it as possible, uh, you know, making strides. I rented that Jeep one time, uh, it was in 2020, it was a brand new Jeep. A Cherokee, man, that thing got like 30-something miles to the gallon. Of it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, my car gets like on average 34, which is pretty good. My Jeep has a big, giant Hemi in it. It just loves to drink Guzzles gasoline. It. <laughs> oh, 
it, every time he sees a gas station and wants to stop and give me some of that sweet funky stuff. Come oh, on, Mike, let's go. <laughs> let's go. I want some. I always have room for more. <laughs> that's it. And you know, that's that's the truth. <laughs> but when I hit the pedal and I got the horsepower and I'm feeling good about it and it's such a smooth ride and you're going, you know, it, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. And you know what I mean? We're all cutting back, though, and now the economy's starting to take a dump. You know, uh, stock market went under 30000 man. Wow. It, it it just is going down, down, down. And, you know, where's – I mean, that's that's not – if you own stocks, it's bad, you know, unless you stay in it and they come back up again, then it's not much of a problem. But if you don't own stocks, it's actually pretty good because it actually makes the price of things go down, you know. So yeah. it's uh, – yeah, overall, but I think when inflation is killing us, and you got everything is just so weird, isn't it? Like someone messed with the Matrix a while ago, and everything's different now. <laughs> you know, the stuff I remember is it's, it's not how it used to be. I mean, we we're talking about gas a minute ago. You remember years and years ago, you could go fill up your tank and drive around, and like not for not not even think about it. You know, and look like an hour or two hours later, you look down and go, "Oh crap, I'm out of gas. I need to go and pull over." And you're you're not thinking, "Oh crap, where am I going to find five dollars?" You're going to think, "Oh." I just I'll just pull over and fill it up. You, there, there was no uh, panic, you know. Right. Now you look down and you got like you know a quarter of a tank and you panic because I think we're at like three fifty nine over here in Pennsylvania. So for, it's for coming down, but it's still that's a lot of money. Just just for regular regular unleaded, right? Just regular unleaded, yeah. The, the cheapest yeah. eighty three, eighty seven, whatever octane crap they got. Yeah, I use the mid grade. You know, the low grade to me is like the low mowers and whatever, but mm -hmm. you know, some cars can run on it, you know, just fine. Right. But yeah. but you know, so I don't do you know the, the Hemis don't like high test, so you, you can't put like the ninety-three in there. They actually encourage you to use mid-grade or, or lower <clears throat> because of the way they're built and everything. But yeah, you know, she's always had mid-grade. Mid-grade right now is about fifty, sixty cents more than <laughs> than, than the lower grade. And they're trying to make it like gas prices have gone down. I really haven't seen it, you know, a few pennies, but but nothing like wow, you know, where the prices went down. You know what I mean? It's it's so. come down probably about like a dollar fifty, dollar forty, um, at the most here. Like I said, I think I can't see through the trees because the trees have leaves on them still. But in you know a couple more months, I'll be able to see the gas prices across the street. But you know, three fifty nine is still that's when I started driving. It was eighty nine cents a gallon. I don't go anywhere anyway. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have to go anywhere either. But in, you know, my new job is going to be three miles away, so that's awesome. I'll I'll be able to put in ten gallons and have thirty round trips. It's going to save you a ton of money. You're getting paid more money, plus you say you'll be saving money overall. I mean, think about that. You got new new untold riches got to be rolling in, man. IRS is going to be sitting there waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be knocking on my door. But the, the good thing about it is, is I drive by two grocery stores. Uh, one of them is a Walmart, but, you know, Walmart, Supercenter grocery store, a regular grocery store, uh, plenty of food places. So it, I won't have to go out of my way to go to the grocery stores. So right now where I work, it's the other direction from where my new work is. And there's, yeah. there, yeah, there's, yeah, there's stores and grocery stores on the way, but it's a 14 mile drive. Yeah. This way it's a three mile drive and I go right by the grocery store so I can pick something up on the way to work for lunch, or I can stop at one of the restaurants. Uh, I can make my own sandwiches. So yeah, whatever comes down the pike, it's all savings from here on out. Three miles is nothing. You can, you can walk that. You can like ride a bike. 
could you know? walk, yeah, if I got a bike, I could I could walk it. I was thinking about maybe buying um, one of those adult size green machines or an adult size big wheel and <laughs> use that to drive to work. But I don't think that would go over very well on the traffic. Just get a Kawasaki Ninja. Man, ninjas are awesome. Get old Ninja, yeah. <laughs> Strap on that thing and just go. Vroom, you'll be there in a couple seconds. <laughs> I'd, I'd actually rather go for like a Kawasaki K1000, which was the bike they used for the chips motorcycles. Yeah. Kawasaki's, yeah. I'll tell you, man, I love them to death because they're they're the fastest production motorcycles out of the crate. These things going 200 miles an hour, basically, and, and they're just wild with, with power, you know I mean? Harley Davidson's are cool. People love their Harleys. They're more, they're more for the people that can afford it, which are doctors and lawyer types. You know, <laughs> if you're just a regular old schmo. Harleys are, are expensive, man. Same for Indians. If you want to touch it, and what's the worth of having a Harley or an Indian? You know, I, I mean, I don't know. If you like to ride, you like to ride. It doesn't matter what you ride. I mean, Yamaha. I think they got that Vulcan. Is that the one? That that that. I don't, it's, I don't know. Pretty, I've heard of Indian and like a few other weird ones, BMW and so on. But yeah, there's there's a lot of different bike companies out there. To me, you want reliability if you're on the road. You want something that's going to get you there and get you back and, and not have to worry about it. I had old Harley and that thing was always like shaking apart and always tightening it up. And, you know, basically it was hand tightened nuts yeah. <laughs> for, for some of it because it was just shake apart, you know, but that you romanticize. I, I romanticize the past and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, when I bought a boat, I bought a 63 Owens cruiser is like 30 feet long and 10 feet wide. Big wooden boat, man. I would yeah. never, never do it again. Never buy a wooden boat. And I was I schooled myself on it. I thought I knew everything about the wooden boat. <laughs> nope. Do you know that sucker's got a, a soak for 24 hours before you can even use it? So it's got to like, you know, they so you have to they have to dangle it in their crane, which pisses these people off because they need to load boats and get them in, get them out without your boat just sitting there in the crane. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah I wasn't popular. High maintenance, too. You got to keep that wood, like, spotless all the time or it'll go rot on you. It had a teak wood deck. It had mahogany rails. It was a beautiful boat, man. It looked like, you know, it was all it had styling. It had a beautiful cabin, bathroom, the whole bit. Nice little galley, you know, just nice all-around boat. But just, I don't know, boats, it's a hole in the water you throw your money into it. It's something if you really have, if you want, if you really want it, then that's what it is. But if it's just a passing fancy, forget it. You know, you can rent the boat. You know what I mean? <laughs> a lot of places and just go. <clears throat> the best boat you get in, you turn the keys, you're going. You don't have to do anything to it, basically. You know, and then you're done, man. But but initially, so I was talking about Iran, and there was this girl who wasn't wearing her hijab properly, and the morality police arrested her a couple weeks ago. And uh, she's dead now. She they took her to jail and they beat they beat her to death and she's dead. Wow. Uh, so now there's uh, all kinds of there's all kinds of protests going on because of that breaking out all over the country. They shut down the internet in a lot of areas in Iran because of it, and they're 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 ba they're blaming us loosely. They're mainly blaming the UK of their secret service. Wow. Um, MI six is after them and doing this and whatever. So. But, you know, the girl's 22 years old and, and, you know, there was no reason to kill her, beat her to death and the other terrible things they did. And that's what that's what these sick minded regimes are. You know, they're they're sick. So, I mean, well, how do you feel about that? The whole hijab thing to begin with? Well, to be honest, that, that whole like, what do they call it? Sharia law kind of stuff, I think, is ridiculous. Number one, I don't think we should be even 
dealing with those kind of people. And that, that includes like Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. So any of these countries that have those kind of, you know, blatant rights violations, uh, you know, but we're sending them money. We're, you know, we're, we're friends with them. Yet every terror attack that's ever come at us is from one of our friends over there. Uh, it, it, it shouldn't be allowed. I mean, there, there's we got we got the war going on in Ukraine that should be stopped. We got these other atrocities going on throughout the world. You know, sex slaves and you know all, all that um, human rights repressing across the country, across the planet. It needs to be stopped. We should not be at all politically aligned with any country that has that kind of Sharia type law. Right. It, it's, it, sh- it should you know, be it's a theocracy. We should, we should cut off all ties, period. It's a, it's a theocracy and, you know, they're dangerous. They're just plain dangerous because they're, it's, they're pushing it, their religion. If you don't, if you don't want to kowtow to their beliefs, they will kill you. And I think, you know, Hey, look, you know, you would believe your way. I believe my way. If you don't like that too bad, uh, you know, try and kill me, and if not, we're going to fight back. You know, it, it it creates too much tension. It needs to be. <coughs> I, I don't know how uh, illegalized somehow, but I mean, if, if you look back in history, most of all the bad wars were over some sort of religious differences or or another. You know, you got all those crusades. You know, the Christians against the the, the Saracens and the the Arabs and and any other religion it's, it's right. a lot of violence you know what i know a lot of muslims and uh when i was when i was searching for a religion well i was i shouldn't say searching for a religion when i was checking religions out as 11 12 years old i wanted to know what it was all about my cat you know my family was mainly catholic my grandmother went to the catholic church in, in you know rockville center of long island we had the archdiocese so the the big muckety mucks, you know, years later they got a love and got arrested for child molestation and all that from that very same church, you know. But uh, so I I didn't like going in there. My grandmother would be watching me during the day when I was a little kid. She'd take me in there, and I didn't like I didn't like the way I felt. I quickly realized that my feelings were the most important indicator of a place I should be in and not be in. You know, it just was dank and and dark and nasty and this 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 uh, one priest came over and had an interest in me and talking to my grandmother maybe he could have you know private sessions and whatever now my mother was so anti-catholic church you know she went to catholic school she got hit with rulers by the nuns because she was too quiet you know and uh they made her life a living hell so you know she wanted she didn't want me to have anything to do with catholicism you know? so so i escaped it for the most part you know what i mean my yeah. father had owned a gas station in the town, and he would service their cars. So that same priest that took an interest, you know, he used to come in there with his Mercedes, and uh, you know, and you know, I had asked my my father said Mercedes is a very expensive car. My mom said to be a priest, you need a vow of poverty. So I had those things in my head. So I said to the priest, I'm like, you know, uh, I'm like, if you're a priest, how can you afford such you know such an expensive car? Man, that guy got mad. And he was screaming, yelled at my father, he's disrespectful to me and whatever. And my father didn't give a crap. He he was like, Who's Jesus? You know, like like, like, it didn't matter. He had already been through World War II and he was already a nut to begin with. He he wasn't one somebody to be trifled with. (laughs) Priest, priest or devil. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, but the reality is my my 
assumption of what that that religion's all about is uh about money and power my mom even said that she's like you know people go there they go to church they wear their furs they wear their gold and jewelry and it's about the collection plate and they judge each other and what they put in the collection plate it's it's uh, about money and that's about power so then i had family who's jewish that that too you know i mean i knew a rabbi as a kid in my town and he was cool to talk to always but then you realize that to to him i'm just some gentile you know i'm not i'm not somebody who matters on this planet and my god doesn't judge people like that you know doesn't look at people differently and and just because they say they are just because you know because jesus never said build me a church you know nowhere throughout the bible you, you had all these religious leaders say you know we have to have this the the ones that do are the ones that want to make the money right yeah so it's, it's a huge business i mean if you if you were to if you were to tax just the catholic church in america alone i i guarantee you the national debt would be taken care of in a matter of decades yeah i'll tell you man it's uh it's damn sad that uh that that people put so much faith into this faithless this thing so you know but iran is part of it i mean and that that breeds into other countries you know they mm-hmm. just use it to, for you know to power god's gonna strike you down if you don't listen to us type of thing it, it's a very easy thing to say it's, 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 it's population it's, control it's 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 thought control it's heart control it's everything control really and then you think about it what, what where did the religion come from it doesn't come from god Religion is an invention of man to control the hearts, minds, and actions of other men. It's always been that way. That's it. And people use it for whatever they want to use it for, to do whatever they want to do. So his letter from Joe, what's he doing, man? Let me see. He said, hey, I'm just getting into Salt Lake City. Not sure what's going on tonight. I've not even got checked in yet. Giving you a heads up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So. Let me see, man. Join us if you can. So Joe's in Utah looking for UFOs. Uh-oh. They got you they got UFOs in Utah? Somewhere. <laughs> I think somewhere. But he says he's, he's gonna he's gonna come in. So that's cool. And I was trying to get my t- my friend Tom, Tom Galman. I went to high school with him. He's retired NYPD and he's got an internet problem right now so he's trying to come in let me see uh, man yeah he's got he's gonna have a look at so probably next week he'd come on but he's got a good perspective he's a former cop you know in new york city during especially during those times the late 80s yeah. you know through the 90s and the 2000s i mean 9 11 and all that man he's got a lot of stories to tell so uh, plus he's all around good guy and my town was a weird town in rockville town long island it was small and then did, because did it you see small. Rockville Center? Yeah, Rockville Center. Dude, I grew up in Rockville, Maryland. So that's very <laughs> right there. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Rockville Center, Long Island, man. And, you know, it's on the South Shore, but uh, small town. But we were all all friends, no matter what grade mm-hmm. you were in. If you're like, one, one above, one below, you know, we were all kind of hung out together loosely we all drank you know drank beer in the same places man <laughs> yeah <laughs> like all the groups who come together you know for for that so but uh but he went off became a cop and, and did his thing 
And that was a tough time to be a cop. I'll tell you, even now, now I can't even imagine. Especially now, but yeah. Yeah, now he lives in Georgia, so he's down there with his son. But I'll, I'll tell you, man, I, I, don't, I don't feel good about this world right now. You know, you see Putin called in. <laughs> he calls up 300,000 troops that they don't have. So, so they're taking prisoners out of the prisons and saying, we're going to forgive your sentence if you, no matter what they did, these are murderers and rapists, you know, we're going to forgive you yeah. if you fight the war. And uh, and they're not doing it. And all the regular, the males, because they're called out for, for, I guess they have their own version of selective service, the draft, they're all leaving. They're all crossing the border. They're, they're mm-hmm. getting out of town because they don't want to serve. They don't want to go to the Ukraine. So, wow. What, what a situation. And then he threatened nukes again. So yeah. what, what do you think? What do you, you actually think? Do you think that he would? I mean, he's a, he's made these empty threats, and it just seems like more empty threats and desperation. I, 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 don't, think, I don't think they're empty threats. Uh, at, at, at some point, he's going to point those weapons and shoot them. But I think it's going to take a lot. I don't think he wants to do it, but he will if whatever he wants to have happen stops happening and right now well, it looks like he's in a he's being stalled by the ukrainian uh pushbacks so but whatever he but if he nukes something in the ukraine he it's gonna be useless to him you know so he, that that's the thing i mean what he's quite what, literally, yeah he's gonna spark off world war three and he may even die before he, any repercussions come his way anyway i mean this is their backyard russia you know Whatever radiation they spray down there is going to end up right in their face, no? Yeah. Well, and it, but but also it could, depending on the way the prevailing winds go, it could poison Pakistan or or India. It could they could go south and get Iran and Afghanistan? No big loss. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it's it's not an open threat. It's not an idle threat. It's I think he means it. You know, I I, I go back to Baba Vanya. Because uh, part of me really believes in in some some good psychics. People may roll their eyes and whatever, but she was known for being about eighty six percent right. Hitler used her, you know. I, I mean, yeah. there there until she decided she didn't want to work for him and be around. Right when she found yeah. out what he was trying to do, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, she said that around this time that we're in now. You know, uh, Europe was going to be rendered useless. Like, like yeah. they're going to something was going to happen there, where people weren't going to be able to live there anymore. You know, and then she she also said that Russia was going to end up being the major superpower in the world years later, like thirty years from now. So yeah, they are. You know, I, so I mean, I, I apply things to these times, and, and I think it's easy to say that humans want to do themselves in. Because people tend to, you know, since Babylon and even before that, you know, uh, but to have nukes and say I'm going to use them, you know, I, I just don't see, I don't see the the avenue for him to do that unless he truly, he really blames the UK, that London specifically <laughs> in the in the UK, they always threaten to blow up London, 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 you know, he's not, you know, he says the West. And, and but really, he's focused on on the UK. And, you know, it it makes sense because their hypersonic missile can reach the UK in like you know twenty minutes or something. Yeah, it's a very short flight time. Well, know, I mean, uh, Russia is a huge country. He, he can launch it from even closer. I mean, they got. I mean, like the thing the furthest away they are from each other is only a couple hundred miles. 
he could put him on bombers theoretically too. I mean, they they said they launched him from bombers, you know, and uh, subs. I don't know if the sub sub vehicles can can launch those type of rockets too. Probably, I would say they they could, you know, be retrofitted. So, but you know, I, I mean, it's it's a crazy thing to say, but that would be that would be his safe zone to nuke something. But then there would be an immediate response if he nukes the Ukraine. You're still not going to have a NATO response. You're still. Oh you're no, build- I, I disagree. I, I think no matter where he sends that missile, it, it, it's an immediate response from everybody. You see, I I think that the these you, first you need leadership, and, and you know we don't have any right now, and England doesn't have any. You know everything's in disarray. You know for, for someone to really say we have to do this, you know, a, a first a strike against us, yeah. You know, maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, there's there's also part of me that says this government is so weak that they wouldn't even respond to that. You know, uh, I hear that it's an automatic response and whatever, but once you start launching, it, it's pretty much done. They've also got tactical, you know, warheads that much smaller that that could, you know, that area, could area yeah, small area of effect, but still. But. But it was also Putin who came out a month ago saying nobody wins a nuclear war. You know, I, I actually think he thought about it, you know, but if he's sick minded and, and maybe you know, he and doesn't he, care to win. Maybe that's why maybe that's, you know, why he keeps bringing up the, the, the nuke threat. So he doesn't care at some point. He's just going to do it anyway. They're telling them they're going to draft people's children and take them and, and put them in the army, you know. But you know what? They've they've lost most of their air, air power. They're gone. Mm-hmm. And you just can't take a 15-year-old and train him as a pilot in a matter of three days and put him up in a, in a MiG. It doesn't work like that. So they lost a lot of experienced pilots, generals, soldiers, uh, anybody, all these mercenaries. They're the biggest and the baddest. You know, they Russia tried to launch a, another attack today, and they got pounded on. And then the Ukrainians took out their, their depots, their ammo depots, and all this, like, boom, boom, boom. There. Ukrainians are fighting with passion. And, and now they have very easy, uh, you know, shoulder-launched technical capabilities that the Russians just can't can't manage. You know, they're even building those HIMARS out of wood and plywood to fool Russia to say, well, you know, they're, they're bombing this wood and they're laughing like, you know, you don't even know where we are. Yeah. So they're, that's guerrilla combat. That's guerrilla combat one-on-one. You know, you hide in the hills, you attack the enemy, and you move as fast as you can so they can't get a position on you. So the Russia Russia has no era superiority now. They they're they've lost that. They they're using Soviet era weapons and, and they're falling apart. They bought a bunch of drones from Iran. They fell apart in the sky. You know the the Ukrainians figured out how to shoot them down right away. They they were laughing about it. You know so they they said probably the Iranians did it to, as their friends or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know but but that thing is still driving. <clears throat> A lot of economical factors in the world and then you know china has really kind of been quiet since this taiwan thing you know i know that they're trying to they're, they're flying their bomber around you know that type of thing with taiwan but it's it, it you know to me that's just a threat that threats are funny to me i grew up on long island man, new york city you know when someone makes a threat they're not serious because if they're going to come get you, they're going to come get you. <laughs> you yeah. Was, they're not going to warn you first. <laughs> they're just going to come get you, and then you're not going to see it coming. And that that's kind of how, how you have to fight. You know, Lao Tzu said, wage war with surprise moves. Right? You, you don't 
you know, uh, uh, Wen Zhu. I mean, when you look at all these different people, Sun Zhu, all the zoos, man. When you look at these guys who knew how to, how to fight these huge battles and win, they definitely have a philosophy. Putin has gone against all those philosophies. You know, he he's all by himself right now. He's he's isolated. You know, nobody's looking at him. Even uh, the president of Kazakhstan, was, you know, uh, made him wait on stage. You know, he was calling him on stage to, to talk about these different things and whatever. And he made him wait for, for like a minute. It was very awkward to see it. A minute's a long time on stage when you're standing there with your arm open for a handshake. It's even and longer. Yeah. <laughs> a whole 60 seconds seems like 10 minutes. So, I mean, but, but this guy used to snap to it and be right there. And the same for the rest of them. They've lost respect for him. You know, I mean, Putin could have died with, with some kind of, okay, the guy was a pit bull and, you know, he was what he was, and people have some kind of respect for him. Now, you see him for what he is. Eh? Yeah, and, and you know, I I think it. I think you think it. He, he Putin's nuts, but uh, we 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 can't just dismiss his uh, saber rattling. Um, whether he whether he decides to use a nuke only in Ukraine to try to advance his troops. Or if he shoots one at us, or England, or even China, uh, no matter where that weapon goes, it, it's starting a war. I, I guarantee you, I'm, I'm almost positive NATO would react immediately. Um, I would Biden. I don't know, but if if they call if they call uh, NATO calls us to war, we we would answer. I'm sure. But is Biden going to send a nuke if on his own? If if Putin does. Uh, the thing is that Russian people don't want this, and they're they're almost powerless. We don't want it. They're, yeah, I mean, they're because of this uh, this call up for for you know this selective service. Yeah, people people have been protesting, and then they they've arrested thousands of people already because you know they they don't want the war, and they don't want to die. They don't want to get and, nuked. You know, they're scared, yeah. and they don't you want know, their like, kids going to being drafted into the army against their will. Which I think is what it's coming down to is they're that. That three hundred thousand decree—that's that's you come. There's no choice. You don't have a choice in the matter. I think the number is hysterical. Three hundred thousand. It's a lot you know, of people. Just, you just you, you know what? Uh, it's a it's, liars jump to the, the number three if they're telling you a line. They three six twelve. I don't know. There's some kind of pattern there all the time. You know, number three. And if, when he said three hundred thousand, I laughed. Because they got nobody. They're they're they're, they're trying to get. You know, and that's that's the uh, the Wagner, which is Putin's private army, his mercenaries trying to get these uh, these prisoners. A lot mm -hmm. of prisoners don't want to go. And then he said, "Well, you know, you can stay here or die." You know what I mean? So that that's their choice. You either fight or you you die. You will kill you now. You know. So so that's what's come down to there, which is desperation, desperation. Because Ukrainians aren't feeling that. Now we're coming into winter. You know who knows how, what the hell winter is going to bring. You know, if it gets real cold, people's power problems in Europe, you know, they, they made that deal. Germany made that deal with Putin not long ago, didn't they? They signed that deal for, for his gas. Mm -hmm. Now they're now they're they just seized one uh a Russian power plant, you know, so that now Russia's saying that they're gonna respond to that because that's Russian property and all this other crap, you know, and oh man, I'm just laughing. I'm laughing at that, and I'm laughing at the whole Martha's Vineyard with the, <laughs> the illegal aliens. There's a few things that are making me laugh, but I don't live in Ukraine. I wouldn't be laughing about it. Yeah, no, <laughs> the, 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 Ukraine is not a laughing matter, really. No, 
It's, the, it's, the, only, the only thing that is actually funny about it is the fact that Russia is getting their ass kicked by a lesser equipped country. Lesser equipped, smaller, and, and Russia was supposed to have two and a half million troops on hand. That's what they boasted of. That's their numbers that they list. Uh, I, I mean, their their tanks are blown up like pop tops coming off, you know. And yeah. now now they they just shipped a whole other load and they blew those things up before they even got there. They were on the train. <laughs> they they blew them up, you know. They, they said send us more. I want to see the Ukraine take Crimea. That's gonna be like boom. Right there, take back the land that these bastards stole from you, you know. And I think they can. The only thing they really have to do is dismantle uh, the Russian navy, and you know, a lot of these naval boats are are just kind of sitting in the water with not much protection. So then, Russia found uh, some kind of speedboat type of thing that the Ukrainians made, where it's got all these sensors on it, and it can carry. It looks like a, a huge kayak. It's got like a jet motor on it, you know, like a like a jet ski type of thing. Mm-hmm. You can go very fast, and you can load it with with a tons of explosives and ordnance, and they can strike any ship that they want in the middle of the night. They could do this. I mean, so I think they sent it to Russia as a message, like this is next. This is what's next. So the Ukrainians are being very uh, inventive, right? The mother of invention is necessity. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a necessity, and, and you know, that's that's been part of the discussion, is how, how much are they going to get back? You know, are, are they going to take back what's just been taken in this incident, or are they going to go all the way back to 2014 and get the, you know, the Crimean Peninsula, which has been Russia for the last eight, nine years, or whatever? I, I say push them back as, as to, to the Russian border, and then, you know, let them know that you, this isn't good, you're not going to do it. I mean, Crimea... That's a nice piece of land. It's a tasty mm-hmm. plum. You know, that that's where the Soviets have their, their you know, Soviets or Russia has their base, you know, like a submarine base. And it's easier access to the water than than other places that they have. So but it all started there, didn't it? I mean, yeah, you know, to, to push them, push them back the way they did to not push more. They so they pushed them back to the big river. They pushed them back to areas that Russia can't cross. They, they blew up bridges that Russia built just for their mm-hmm. troops to cross. So they, they've kind of isolated them. So they, they basically pushed them back to where the whole thing started to begin with, almost anyway. They're, they're getting yeah, it's pretty close. You know, so, but the, for Russia to say, hey, we're going to send all these troops in and they, they're leaving, running over the border for their lives. You know, they don't, they don't, they're, they don't want to fight for Russia. There's no, there's no passion uh, these people have. There's, you know, there's no honor in dying for Putin's insanity, and they know that he's nuts. So a lot of oligarchs are calling for him to, to be removed. You know, now he's he's calling for them to be arrested, right? Because that that's their deal, you know. But it's one mess after the other, and I, I really feel for all the people that have to suffer through it. And I know winter is going to take a toll in the EU. You know, see the price of. Uh, the dollar versus the EU, the EU is below the dollar now. Wow. The, that hasn't so, happened before. Nope. Good time to travel to France, I guess. Yeah. Because the, yeah. the dollar is more yeah. powerful. Italy. Go to Italy, get some spaghettis. Yep. Dollar is more powerful. Or, you know what? I've been buying uh, English chocolate <laughs> on, on oh, Amazon. Yeah. Because that, now, you know, I mean, the price is adjusted. It's like, what the... <laughs> They've got yep, the best, yeah. you know. <laughs> I might need to look into getting me some English toffee. 
there's some good stuff. Hey, Christmas is coming. Hey, man, get some uh, some nice stuff. I don't know. And then uh, also the pound, the British pound. So it's not just uh, the euro. The British pound is way down. It's almost even to our our dollar. So it's getting there. It used to be like a buck fifty, somewhere around there, versus right. ours. So, but all of this is is a culmination. You got so now. What do you think about the king? King Charles has king taken. Charlie? He he's taken uh, the little ginger there and put him way outside. Not even in the doghouse. This guy's outside in the yard. <laughs> you know, little, little Prince Harry. He's out there. So so Charles has this mission where he wants to cut him out of everything. So do you think that Prince Harry is really Charles's son? Well, I mean, if he's going to try to cut him out of everything, that's a pretty big statement. Um, I mean, did, did he even say why? I mean, I, I don't know the full story on this. Um, because but, he's pussy drunk with, with yeah. the girl. <laughs> you know? wow. She's got him wrapped around her little finger. And, and now all the stuff is coming back to him. He chose her over his family. And you never do that with women. Never. Right. never, never. Women come and go. Family doesn't come and go. Women come and go. You know, your friends don't come and go, really. Women come and go. You know, and I learned that a long time ago. And there's a lot of women that would like to put a wedge between you and your friends, your family, anybody you love, so they can control you. She is one of those women. Right. You know, she she has her podcast. You know that she recorded the the whole funeral. She had a microphone running in, in her dress, and she recorded the entire thing. And she does a you know she does that podcast, so she probably wants to go out there and play that or, or bounce on Oprah and, and listen listen to what they said or that kind of stuff. So, but but King Charles. Put put uh, his son William in charge of all of his money, so he doesn't have to pay taxes, you know, on the billions that the, the billions of the businesses that he runs, not including the money he's getting from the Queen Mom, right? But I, I have a weird feeling that it was the Queen that that said, you know, we're not going to come out with this information about Harry, you know, just just bury it, and then now that she's dead, I don't think it matters, I, you know, because the dude. I mean, I don't think Harry is Prince Charles's son. I'm, I'm going to say that. I've said that before. You know, his, his mom had a thing for that bodyguard, the guy, uh, and, and the friend, too. They both look just like Harry, but the one guy, man, they, they look like identical. You know, that if you saw them together, they look like father and son. And, and she was having sex with him at that time. So she's having sex with the guy at the time. She has Harry. She's not have, having intermittent sex with Charles because he was off with the woman he's got now, his consort, right? So I, I think it's very, very legitimate that it could be illegitimate. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, it, it, it sounds like he knows something, which is, I mean, I, I can't imagine any other reason why he would try to uh, get rid of his son from, you know, future whatever he's, you know, entitled to as, as king or prince or whatnot. He's not acting like a dad. A dad, a dad would take him to school about the, the woman that he's with and, and how manipulative she is. She's manipulative. She's narcissistic. I, I've seen all the stuff that she's dug into this guy, and she totally controls him and then, you know, leads him around like a puppy dog, right? right. So, but but it's interesting. Now he's feeling, now he's feeling estranged. Now he's feeling pushed out. They said, F you, man. You're not coming to the party. They They were invited and then uninvited. That's that's even worse when you're invited to something and you get uninvited. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, that's not good. Um, I'll never attend a party that won't have me, you know. <laughs> so, <I'm>, so <laughs> and then they had to sit outside in the cold, right? And but you know what? She called Megan called the the family a racist, and she she led she went on with Oprah. Oprah doesn't care. No skin off of her jib. Yeah. You know that that's how she gets ratings. She doesn't care if she destroys somebody's life altogether. But I mean, I don't care either. I liked Harry when he was naked falling in the pool in Vegas when, when that was interesting, you know. That was that was fun, man. I was living through that. Now with this chick, you ever watched The Walking Dead? You don't do you? No, actually I haven't I think, seen that show. I've only seen clips of we, it on news and media and whatnot, but I have not we, seen a whole show. We've talked about I think we talked about that last week. This guy Glenn, you know, who was all happy go lucky, even in the midst of an apocalypse, he was kind of in in compartmentalized into himself having a good time in his own mind you know being the risk taker then he meets this chick and his whole life gets turned around and his whole life ends up being lived for her you know what i mean and that's a lot of dudes get fall into that with women they fall into that scenario you know otherwise you're single yeah <laughs> you can take your choice <laughs> fall into that with, with this it, it's so mechanical and, and then you know they use men as utilities that type of thing, and when you're not worth anything anymore, they chuck you aside and get somebody else. Uh, I mean, that's that's a lot of people these days, and it's a damn shame that it's like that. You know, the the loyalty and longevity and, and building that trusty relationship doesn't seem to exist with a lot of people. You know? No, it really doesn't, especially when it comes to like, uh, I mean, just look at any of the guys. Like, there's a, what's that that Mufon guy that had the uh, child. Uh, pornography and child um, molestation charges put against him. Everyone immediately puts them at, at arm's length. It's like you know, if if they hit you with anything that has to do with with uh, child pornography or child molestation, you've got a pox on you. And even your you know, even if it's not true, people who are your best friends are going to dis disown you from from that just that stigma alone. Meanwhile, we have teachers who are who are talking about kids' private parts and teaching them all kinds of stuff you know, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds in, in schools about transgender and this gender and that gender and how to have sex. And they're showing them all this stuff. You know, they're basically showing them pornography, you know, and, and they think yeah. it's quite all right because it's part of the liberal agenda, which makes you say, hmm. Corey Feldman, the actor, came out a few times and he named names. He said that there's pedophile sex rings in Hollywood. He he talked in and the music business too. He this guy was on the inside. He knew. Yeah. You know, he knew. And they, they did nothing. They didn't even investigate it. They're they're, you know, so what do you do that to have to get something that like that investigated? You know, you see the FBI going to Mar-a-Lago looking for this, looking for that, and and grabbing Melania's panties and stuff. They go into Mar-a-Lago, but did they ever raid that 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 Maxwell, Gasly Maxwell? Did they did they ever raid any of these Hollywood pedophiles or, or pedo pimps? No, nothing, nothing. They did raid Epstein, and they said that, oh, they found photographs of famous people and videos that he took because he was blackmailing all these people with all the stuff that he would gather on them having sex with children. Not a word. No no names, no nothing. You heard about uh, Prince Andrew. That was it. And he's probably pissed off. Because he kind of came after the fact, <laughs> you know, yeah. like he, he, he <laughs> otherwise nobody would care. Nobody would care, you know, so, but that's the world we're in, man. And, 
these are the people you gotta stay away from. I I I look at them as evil. That's all. You know what I mean? Just just like what Buckaroo Banzai said, evil, pure and simple from the eighth dimension. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I have friends all over the world, and they're like, "What's going on with your president?" I'm like, "Why are you asking me?" Yeah, <laughs> you want me? I don't even I don't even think his closest aides know what's going on with him. <laughs> that, that guy is completely medically spent. I think he he doesn't know where he is. He he you know he was befuddled again on stage, like he kind of walked off and i don't know what he was looking at he was maybe the spirits are talking to him or something you know but <laughs> he's he's not really he's he's lost his a lot of his cognitive abilities you know they they must before he does a speech or something they must really pump him up with, with some kind of drug you know some kind of stimulant hit him with adrenaline or human growth hormone or something i don't know yeah just, or have him drink uh kid's blood you know i hear that yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot believe it or not that that's happening in, in Hollywood, they're drinking blood of the youth, so so they're getting volunteers. And these these kids are they're they're taking their you know their their blood like they're giving blood. They, these guys end up getting the transfusions and that type of thing, you know, with their youthful blood. Thinking that's like some vampire stuff. Uh, that's like some Luc- Lucretia Borgia kind of stuff going on right there. You got to call uh, Wesley Snipes, the Blade. Yeah, <laughs> send him out to Hollywood again. Go get him. Did he, if he get out of jail, did he get out of jail yet for his tax evasion? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Is that useless putting a guy like that in prison for tax evasion? I mean, you know, prisons are it's expensive putting somebody in prison. He, he worked on Al Capone. <laughs> I guess <laughs> Al Capone was a bloodthirsty murderer, though. You know, yeah. Wesley, Wesley Snipes is just Wesley Snipes. <laughs> yeah, he's just a goofball, doesn't know how to pay his taxes, and that's on him. He was well. He was trying. He was saying that because he's Jewish or something. He, he's part of some religion that uh, he's saying he doesn't have to pay taxes. I'm using that for everything these days. You know. Oh, we required you to take a urine test. I say it's against my religion. You know, any any drug test against. Actually, it is against the religion of Michael. You know. <laughs> um, I I just don't think. You know what? I don't like the level of distrust. And, and you know, here you have to do all these things. You know, just just to get I mean, there's people out there, they advertise minimum wage jobs and they need uh credit, drug screening, all these things for a minimum wage job. Really? For a minimum wage job, yeah. Why do you need to know? Oh, and sometimes credit. They look into your credit. I mean, why do you know what my credit is so I can work? I mean, that makes no sense whatsoever. You know, if you have you zero that- credit and you have a bad background check and you and it's heaven forbid you actually see you pass the drug test, they're not gonna hire you based on those other two things. I mean, just it's just ridiculous. You would think that they would have some kind of like uh, drugs for people with minimum wage <laughs> to, to make you feel so you're not feeling it. You know, take, I want to take that feeling away of, of making it you know, working for, for you for 40 or 50 hours or whatever and making no money. You know, but I, I just see it as, as tightening the screw. You know, more, yeah. more power and control over people. You want to tighten things. And uh, I'm. I'm in the world where if you need to make money, there's always a way to make good money where you don't have to really bust yourself to do it, you know. And, uh, you know, I mean, but I feel for the service industry people. I see there's a lot of jobs that are hiring for service industry. Mm-hmm. They're they're the loudest, greasiest, coldest, horrible, most horrible jobs that there are sometimes, you know. And, and you deal with the public on a regular basis. You know, that's, it's not the easiest thing in the world. It's a high-stress job, that. definitely. Yeah. 
and and you have to be there and also you know you're opening yourself up to covid and other things anything floating around uh so i mean there's that too and i i think that these businesses when they tighten things up you know you just have to give people the benefit of the doubt all right you know if you're in your job and you're acting loopy we want to take it take it take a drug test you know what i mean because we think there's a problem you know but if they're just coming through the door why bother saying hey we don't trust you take a drug test they're not giving you a drug test from them the people <laughs> like the people yeah. interviewing you <laughs> the, the the ones who run the business they're not supplying you with a drug test i just find it interesting and now like in new york you know marijuana is legal so how is that going to figure in over the overall drug test because i've seen out in nevada where people didn't hire someone because of drugs and uh you know because of marijuana they got sued and then the person won they won like a million dollars as a matter of fact because they weren't allowed it's, if it's legal they're not allowed to say you can't use it so but i've think, seen some but i think I've also some companies can decide whether or not to, to to uh uh follow the federal ruling or the state ruling because I, I think the, the company that I work for, they they still have uh, negative aspects of that. So if you crash one of the forklifts, they give you a drug test. If you fail, you're immediately fired, well, even yeah. if you have a medical marijuana card. That would make sense, though, because you don't want people on, on any kind of drug or anything while they're in their job. You know what I mean? Right. But, yeah. But, um, um, you but know, it's, 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 it's like... It's yeah. it's elective that they're choosing to look at it from the federal aspect rather than the state aspect. Because mm -hmm. it's still against the law and the feds. It's, yeah, it's Pencil, still against Pencil. federal law. Weed is still illegal in Pennsylvania anyway. So, I mean, you could have a medical marijuana card, but I know that recreational sale is still illegal. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's, it's going to come to that. So then the Democrats said they're going to, you know, declassify marijuana and take it off of that Schedule 1. You know, Chuck Schumer, he pushed it through. Nothing happened. It goes nowhere you know they don't care it doesn't doesn't put money in their pockets it doesn't it doesn't you know new york state's gonna end up getting a lot in taxes because of all of this but i think that they're gonna be surprised that you know like in all the states where they legalized marijuana deaths didn't go up like they predicted you know in fact deaths went down i think a lot of people even i know some people smoke it once in a while i think even because it was illegal you know it's like a a, a thing to do ha 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 you know we're getting high right. and f the government and right. then once once something's made widely available then then you're not looking for it as much you know and that type of thing so but i, I just don't you know when i see the market now the market's going to crash completely the the stock market's crashing but for you know we talked about this on the last few few shows people don't have the money for the extras they don't have it and if you don't have it you can't spend it it's that simple they maxed out their credit cards. They're they're deeply in debt, and that's it, man. I mean, what happens after that? You, you got to file for bankruptcy or some other kind of debt relief. Uh, we we've got um, you know rising grocery costs in this country. Uh, one of my friends today posted, and I, I don't remember which friend, but out west. Um, oh yeah, out in California, my friend Stephen Pisani. He 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 went to the grocery store. He was going to get ground beef. I had to make spaghetti or tacos, whatever the hell he was going to make. Eighteen ninety nine a pound for ground hamburger. Wow! Yeah, wow. That's that's like that's a that's a damn filet mignon steak right there. See, that's why when I complain about gas prices, I don't do it to my friends in, in Europe. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> then they're like, I tell them what I'm paying. They're like, that's cheap. Look what yeah. we're paying three times more. You know. But yeah, 
I mean, and, and like around here, it depends on where you shop. You know, Wegmans used to be a good store. You know, it was the one that it, it was reliable, good products. It mm-hmm. was for a long time. Now that I'm dealing with them here and there, I, I find everything they have has fallen. Uh, you could tell that they've cut costs at base. You know, it's, yeah. it's rolled down into their product line, definitely. And it's just not worthwhile. Then they raised the prices, too. The packages got smaller. They raised the prices on things, not just them, but the other manufacturers, you know. But uh, And then their price of meat is double of what – I don't know if you have Price Chopper down there, but, like, you know, the stores I deal with, Price Chopper, Wegmans, you know. We have Wegmans down here. Yeah. Well, yeah, Wegmans are spread out all over the place, you know. But uh, price choppers half the price for for meat. I think uh, I just got stew meat five five ninety nine a pound, you know. Uh, so I'm gonna make some stew because it got cold outside. So, but that's so I mean you can shop around and, and, and you can find a deal and and I shop on sale. I'm one of those people, you know. I hate clipping coupons now. I don't have to because it's just on the app and I just click what I want. But uh, it really is like. Some places just really gouge you, man. They gouge you because they can, you know, like like these oil companies and the government, you know, when it comes to, to fuel, you know, there's no reason for the prices to be this high. There really isn't, you know, it's because of their policies that, that drove all that fear into the future. They set market. the price. And what do they use for parameters to set the price? I guess it's whatever they feel like. Global warming is, is what they're focused on. Climate change is what this government's focused on. And electric cars and all these other things, and they're they're so unrealistic, you know. When it comes to the average average person, can't afford an electric car. No, and, and if you look at the average city, there's no hookup. All right. Where and are you then plug big, in? the big companies like Ford, they don't want to make electric cars on the lower level because no. they say it's not it's not not even profitable. That the batteries don't last. You know, you're looking at the battery life within two or three years. You're you're at a half life on the battery. You know, you're you're not getting and yeah, they they have you know they oh yeah, they have a, a way to charge it they're pretty quick and they're trying to implement those things, but the fast chargers kill your battery faster. You know, it's just like yeah. the battery in your cell phone. In the beginning, it's nice and crisp and it has all the power in the world. After a little while, it's not doing so well. After a while, you gotta get rid of it and replace it. And the, and the, the battery costs almost what the phone costs. And that's what these these batteries are 20 grand. One guy just had to replace his battery in a Chevy, a Chevy whatever, twenty-seven thousand dollars he had to pay. That's that's the cost of a car. Yeah, he said he just the car's only three years old, so he he didn't know what to do. I mean, what do you do? I mean, you know, and uh, uh, when it comes down to that, people hold on to their cars for a while, and then yeah, you have a group that will cycle them out, that type of thing. But really, people tend to hold on to their cars because they want to pay them off and, and not have monthly payments. You know, be able to milk it as long as they can. Now you're not going to do that with electric car, and the resale value of electric car is going to be almost nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so it's 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 not good. It's not doesn't work. It, it doesn't make any sense. And then no, you, it's you're going to see it's you, consumerism at the at the at the peak because you know long ago you buy a car, you know in the in the seventies, four, five, eight thousand, ten thousand dollars. You get a Camaro, you get, you know, for 2000 3000 bucks you get an MGB. Uh, but you, you almost always bought it one lump sum. Yeah. Very few people had any of those you know, uh, long-time, five-year lease deals and that kind of thing. The car was yours. And then in 10, 20 years later, which the car would last 20 years, 
you could either sell it to someone for a rebuild or you could, you know, scrap it. Yeah. The cars today, they, they do. I mean, I guess they seem to last a little bit longer than cars from before, but they're four times, five times, 10 times as expensive. And, and now we've got the gas and the oil is, is you know, reaching those same prices. It, it's almost economical not to have a car. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that's what that's the way they want it. They want they don't want people to travel and move around or any of that stuff. They want people to be pretty, pretty much isolated. And then that just seems to be the, the trend, you know, and then now with housing. So housing has hit its peak and now it's starting to go down. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's crashing all over the place because let's face it, it, things went out of control. And now the builders can't even build because the materials cost so much money. You can attest for that. How much is plywood? These your average your average sheet of plywood these days? Oh, they're in the, like the twenty like twenty five, twenty four, twenty five dollars for the least expensive piece. Wow, yeah, I remember when it was like what six, <laughs> six or seven. Not not that long ago either. Well, th- three years ago, right before COVID, the 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 least expensive four by eight panel we had was like seventeen dollars. Oh yeah, and then. COVID hit and it shot up to like fifty five dollars. It's been a while since I bought plywood, <laughs> but but I'll... no one can afford it. I've had people come to my my department. I work in the electrical department. I had guys come in. They're gonna you know put in a new oven or they're gonna re, you know wire a house that hasn't had an oven before or their new construction. And this one guy needed like I don't know like ninety feet of of six two wire. And when I told him how much it was by the foot, he's like, never mind. He could yeah. he couldn't afford it. Yeah. You know, it's like, like, you know, seven, eight dollars a foot. (laughs) Right. I mean, at that rate, you want to look at the aftermarket. You want to look at the suppliers that have been sitting around. I knew I knew a guy that stuffed. He had two warehouses has he stuffed it full of materials over the last 20 years. You know, he's buying plywood cheap and all these other things, drywall, sticking all in there. And then now he's selling it off because, he, you know, it's all brand new, brand new old stock. Yeah. New old uh, stock. Yeah, he, you know, but he's making his money. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't, you know, if if no one's got money, the stock market obviously is not going to do well, and also uh, people's businesses aren't going to do well, you know. And then, then what? We we've been here before. We're here with Obama. Remember Obama? High gas prices. What was the reason for that? What was the reason? Because they were they were just as high as they are now. I the mean, same, same reason because he turned he turned off a pipeline. Yep. They they want to be able to make people suffer, to drive them down to their lowest point so they can say, please, please help us, you know, mm-hmm. and then they, they give them a bone. and they, Yeah, they give, bone, a, you give you a hand. And everyone's like, oh, thank you. It's a shame because there's going to be more of it. And, and we're, so, I mean, this holiday season is going to be rough. I think it's going to be rough for a yeah. lot of people. Uh, housing, just one thing, but uh, but to heat your house, I mean... You know, anyone who lives anywhere that gets cold, which is a lot of the United States of America, is going to, yeah, it's gonna, we're going to feel it, you know. I have electric heat, and it's included in my rent, so, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy told me it was included, I was like, all right, you know, you just, that's a huge savings right there. Yeah, and, and we're starting to get cold here in Pennsylvania. I've got a, an oil-filled radiator behind me because it's kind of chilly today. Got up to the, the, the high today with 66 uh, and it's probably like in the fifties out there now, but, um, I'm, I've had my gas turned off cause I don't need it in the summertime. So I got, I 
made an appointment with the gas company. They're going to come by Monday to turn the gas back on because it's getting to the point where I'm going to need to turn on the heat. So, and I'm like three hours north of you. It was about 50 today. That was the high. And then right, right now, right now it's 43 outside, but mm-hmm. they're expecting yeah. frost and maybe yeah. mid thirties tonight around here. So that's, that's what that is. And I'm used to it, you know, but I don't feel bad because I see all these people in the, these, uh, uh, you know, heat zones that, that are having these, these horrible, horrible, you know, heat waves and they're all suffering and their power's going out because of this and that. We're like in the Northeast, we're like, hey, you know, <laughs> we feel sorry for you, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a regular everyday thing up here, you know. I mean, do I like the cold? Hell no. But, uh, and, you know, I, I can't afford to live in Georgia right now, so I'm up here. But <laughs> we never had. A while, you know, we never had snow before Halloween. It was always nice. And, you know, Halloween was always nice down there. The weather, even if it was rainy and crappy, it was still decent. Yeah. But, like, up here, we've had snow multiple times before Halloween. Pumpkins, breeze, and whatever. The kids go out anyway because it's candy. They don't care what the temperature is. (laughs) Who cares about the weather? (laughs) You know, it's probably more fun for them to be running around out there when it's like that, you know. But, uh so you just deal with it but i don't i know last year we didn't have any below zero days last year did you guys you probably didn't um no we got some pretty deep deep cold ones though like you know like nine degrees ten degrees but not negative or zero yeah worst around windshield factor they say it was negative 25 or whatever but that's you know that's not a actual metric that's Valentine's Day always. It'll, you can count on twenty-five below zero for windshield to make to make the men suffer even more to go out and get those candy hearts. Get those you know candies, what I mean? Get those roses. <laughs> <laughs> make them suffer. You waited for the last second. Now you must suffer. You know, but uh, I don't know. I don't mind the cold. I mind the extreme cold. Below twenty, I don't like that stuff. You know? and, yeah, that's uh, that's nasty. Yeah. If, it, and I wouldn't mind being able to go out skiing again, but I just haven't skied since I was like a teenager. So, you know, I, my luck, I'd go up on the hill, even on the, the bunny slope and wind up breaking my neck. <laughs> it's a dying sport, unfortunately. It's a sport that can kill you. So that makes sense. So, but, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think about this uh, Supreme Court blocking uh, the Yeshiva, uh, the LGBTQ club for, from? forming in this Jewish school. Um, that a lot of problems. Uh, you know, to be honest, I'm not in the LGBTQ XYZ community, but, uh, you know, they don't bother me. Uh, why should I bother them? I can care less what they're trying to do. Um, they, they they got their rights and they're what they deserve, but... <laughs> What is what is the club trying to do? I mean, are they going to try to subvert the school that's body? That's I mean, I don't understand what. The, who cares? I mean, they're, they're trying, trying to create, to create a club. Big deal. So what? That's what they're trying to avoid. I'll, I'll say it like this: in in Japan, they really limit mosques. You know, I, I think there might be three in all of Japan because they they think that it's going to bring down their society. That's it's a dangerous thing. Yeah. You know, so sometimes yeah, you can block something that that could ultimately hurt you. But, uh, you know, Jewish people have a lot of power in the U.S. There's only 4 million Jews in the U.S., but yet they have an awful lot of power. It's just interesting that the Supreme Court sided with the school 
on on a religious basis and i'm thinking like you know what all that's against my religion you know what i mean like I, I'll, I'll say it like this forget about religion you got a, a seven-year-old daughter and she needs to go to the bathroom she walks into the ladies room and then right after her this guy walks past you who's six foot five greasy hairy big dude wearing a dress with, with the ass cut out and the the nipples cut out and he acts like nothing and he's going in there with your daughter you know mm-hmm. there's to me that's the most wrong thing that you could ever even do in a million years because when i see a dude like that i'm not looking at someone who's just living their lives who has adjusted to the world or whatever i'm looking at somebody who can't function in our world who who is a ticking time bomb as to whatever's going to offend them or, or even uh you know let me touch you there oh let me do it because that's what they do you know what i mean yeah I totally so, agree with you. Yeah, I'm, and you know, I, if if that scenario happened to me and it was my daughter, I'm walking right into that bathroom right after that dude. Guaranteed. I used to be part. I used to be part of community television in Ithaca, right? Local cable channel. I did shows and I helped other people do shows too. So I was a director there and and whatever. And if someone needed a hand, I would give my hand, and that that's the environment it was. But because of that, other people did shows and they encouraged uh, others from the community, mental health community, you know, to come in and and do a show or, or you know kind of put something together right i wasn't part of those shows because though those guys they they weren't all together there and they're always i had to throw them out of there for fighting and and things like that you know i mean and there was only one woman who ran the place and she wasn't going to do that herself she had got robbed someone took took her purse and ran out the door so that's where you invited in with all of this none of the people i met these guys who wore the dresses and, and the, all the big trains none of them were functional they're all on welfare they were all in in these social service programs so then you're thinking like you know what so here are people who just they they got problems and they can't function why validate what what they're doing like it's okay and then then tell children it's okay to be like that you know you don't you don't go and invalidate people's mental illness you know And, and that's that's just me it's, it's not part of my world. And, and guess what? It doesn't have to be because I'm an individual and I can make my own choices. And I don't want people calling me this and call me that. You're, you're, yeah, you're hateful. Hey, whatever. Listen, man, I'll live and let live. If you're going to live your peaceful life and do your thing and become a, a functional member of society. And, yeah, uh, that's or, the key word, functional. <laughs> yeah. Or, or are you going to be there and be a blight on society, you know? And that, that brings us into a lot of touchy areas, man. Uh, especially when it comes down to to crime, you know, and who commits crimes, and what we have to support, and and, yeah. and large groups of people that we're supporting with with welfare, social services, and all that. So it, it came down to uh, what was it, uh, Don Lemon? You know that guy, right, from CNN? He's no, he's I don't, a, I, don't he's I don't a, know who he is. He's a black dude who he used to be on there at night. He had a ten o'clock time slot. Real real crazy extremist like he he went off the wall in fact i don't even think he believes the, the bull crap that he says but uh you know but he was one of those anti-trumper people of course cnn you know and they went in all kinds of directions of of false information and, and that type of thing so he just got moved you know cnn is trying to go back to center you know and get rid of all these people so they got rid of a whole load of the big liberal lefts they moved him to a morning show that doesn't matter, you know, and he, he says it's not stepping down and that type of thing. But but his show, he had this woman from England on and then he was like, well, you know, what about 
reparations for the slaves in England. You know, King Charles is going to have reparations. You know, what about that? And you hear people talk about reparations. And this woman shut him down, shut him down, like pulling the plug out the wall. And she said, first of all, it was the African kings that were gathering people together, putting them in cages and selling them. Second of all, England, well before the U.S., had abolished slavery. And in fact, they lost thousands of their own countrymen trying to stop it, trying to stop these ships from flowing all over the place, right? He didn't even know what to say. He was like, ah, she just shut him down. So she said, maybe there should be reparations for those English, those families who lost their own people trying to stop slavery, you know. But, but what about the accountability for the African kings and queens? Queen Isisa, she used to have battles with neighboring uh, tribes and take those people and put them in cages and sell them. She sold them to Portugal. That was the very first bit of slavery, right? Now, today, slavery is still alive and well in Africa. You, you could buy someone for $50, 50 bucks. Wow. You know, so where are all these big people, uh, all the all the big basketball, LeBron James, you know, who has all, you know, mi millions and millions of dollars. Why can't these guys do anything for that? Why can't they have head off humanitarian efforts to help people out of slavery? You know why? Because they don't care. They just want to be able to scream. They're rich, very, very wealthy black people in America, and they want to scream racism, but they made it. The other ones haven't, and they're not doing anything to help anybody. There's diversity for you. It kills me because I know people who suffer. You know, I know actually black, white, she <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> Poverty doesn't know uh, uh, any, any color. You no, know what I mean? sure, no but, it absolutely doesn't. <laughs> Nor does so, the diseases. It's, it's, uh... There, but the thing you talk about in Africa, it's not just the, the slavery. I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's, they're forcing it on uh, almost everyone. I mean, I don't think anyone ever go, goes voluntarily. Uh, but there's, there's a strong sex slave. I mean, there's, there's the regular slave and the sex slave industry that's really strong over there. And uh, I don't know how we can stop it. I, I, I don't have any good ideas. I think that. People just use these things as a, a, a reason to yell and scream or, or, or collect money and, and that type of thing. You know, and you, you realize if you're in the situation and you need help, they turn their backs on you. You know, like when I was in a free speech battle, when, when the, the district attorney of the county, uh, Tompkins County, upstate New York, came after me for my show. They said he found me to be personally lewd, crude, obnoxious, and obscene you know, and had me arrested live on the air, as a matter of fact. He... Uh, you know, and he's dead now. <laughs> he had lost the election by a landslide and, and died a horrible death. You know, but but I'll tell you, when you reach out, when I was in that fight, and initially it was uh, alone. You know, like here's here's the government coming after me for my show, for the because I was talking about things that they didn't want me to talk about and showing things they didn't want me to show. Uh, I reached out to all these all these uh, groups. You know, even the ACLU. You know, they answered me at least. But uh, I reached out to these free speech foundations and whatever. They never even answered me. They never said a word. Then I'm like, this is a free speech battle, for God's sakes. You know, <laughs> you, know? They, you know, nothing, not a word. Wow. They'll take your money. They'll take you. Because then I was like, I approached them differently from a, a different email. And I said, you know, I want to donate money to your cause. Oh, they answer you right away. Answer yeah. you right away. 
you know there's money involved yeah so you know the united states if you have a 501c3 a nonprofit, the nonprofit charter they only require you to give two percent to the charity and 98 percent can go back into your company that you can do whatever you want to do with it you can pay people you can keep it yourself that type and it happens all the time you know so it's just a damn shame that you know i, I knew a long time ago if you're if you're in a battle you're in it by yourself you know i mean if people want to join that's fine you can't trust people <laughs> even if they join in they'll have their reason or something you know uh but you just need to go forward and, and be hardcore that that's that's the only way and rip their juggler vein out as you're doing it right. you know and make yeah you want you want to stomp on them so so they know they know who they messed with so at that time when i was arrested for the show i had i was, I was with this girl and uh she had she had like this this you know foot locker full of her old dolls and stuff from years ago and then she showed me this uh this this cabbage patch doll and i was like that looks just like the da like it looked i swear his face the dumb expression it was making the dimple on his face i put some like those round child molester glasses on him that's what he used to wear and dressed him up in a little suit with a little tie because he wouldn't come on the show of course to discuss the charges or anything i put him on and then you know, I, I started doing the show. I was taking live phone calls, and these college guys called in. You could hear there's probably 20 of them in the background. You know, like a room of kids, and they're like, "Hey, dude, we support you, man!" And like, you know, all that because it was it was a lot of that. You know, Cornell totally supported me. You know, the students up there, and and that was just an interesting time. But I was like, "Yeah, I got George Dentes here, man." You know, the DA. You want to see him? The guy's like, "Yeah." <laughs> I threw this switch the switcher and there's on camera this huge cabbage patch face taking up the whole screen. Oh my god, they laughed their asses off. It was a fun show. But now the following day, judges, local judges, lawyers, police officers were calling his 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 uh his voicemail saying, Hey George, saw you on Angley's show last night. You're looking pretty good, buddy. You know <laughs> <laughs> this this guy hated me. And when we got to the trial, he looked like he wanted to get up and run over and choke me if he could. You know, I had a smirk on my face because because uh, I had known that I was not going to lose. I had free speech on my side, and and the jury, they you could even read their faces. They they were like, "This is bull crap." But even afterwards, a lot of them made statements to the court saying that they resented having to come in for a farce that they're, yeah. they're using using the law to come against me. They they could have given me. 50 grand i would have left town <laughs> you know the yeah. trial cost the trial cost one hundred and ten thousand dollars. <laughs> they could have money they could give me 50 60 grand i would have been gone like bye <laughs> you can buy i have a price you can buy me out but <laughs> i don't know and, and it was covered by covered by cnn and all these other people fox they all came out because it was a big deal but but you know, he was an unscrupulous DA, and, and this guy just saw things the way, you know, he wanted to shut down the porno shop downtown because it was against his beliefs and whatever. Uh, your beliefs don't figure in as a district attorney. It comes down to law, you know, the law, law of the land. So, but he died a horrible death, like I said. And <laughs> it was it was one of those things, and, and you just keep fighting. You know, dude, you got to fight for everything in this world, man. So, I don't know. How about four ways to bring out 
your partner's true feelings? <laughs> uh, What's the four ways of bringing out your partner's true feelings? Chocolate? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The four parts of, of, of it's endurance, uh, <laughs> serenity, death acceptance, <laughs> and uh, and and also like uh, uh, testaturney, which is basically not wanting to talk about your own problems. There you go. That's <laughs> that's the four ways. No, so so let's see. <clears throat> I don't know. You know what? I've been in a lot of failed relationships, obviously, so I can't I can't talk about anything. I just say do the opposite. I give people advice and I tell them, listen to what you said, do the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just do the opposite, man. So Dave Chappelle, I won't repeat what he said, the four things, uh <laughs> what the four things that, that men need from women. Because when you read all these like magazines, it's all about women, you know. The 30 things men need or or all these things. And they don't care. Do you think they care? Women? No, I don't think they care. I think they care about what you can do for them. Yeah, I don't think they care what they can do for us at all, 100%. Yeah, I have never experienced that. You know, I've never even seen that. And my friends who are in long-term relationships, marriages, oh, everything's good or whatever, but they, like, they're the worst blue pill people you've ever met. You know, so it's they they will you know, hey let let's go do this man on on uh, on you know Wednesday night whatever. Oh, I have to ask my wife. You know, <laughs> let me yeah. ask my wife. Gotta ask the boss. <laughs> Gotta check with my wife. And uh, does your wife check with you when she wants to do something? No, they just they don't oh. either. They just they set things up. By the way, you're going to this thing on Saturday, you know, or by the way, you're doing this, or by the way, you're doing that. So yeah, and don't forget to wear your good tie. Right. Well, they'll they'll make sure they they choke you with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I mean, but this, are things supposed to be like that? I kind of feel like they're not. You know, I I feel like we've lost an awful lot in this world when it comes yeah, to relationships. I, I don't think it's supposed to be. I don't think it's it's healthy for either side uh, to be that way. Uh, you know, then one of the classic things is you know, I I think I just recently shared it on Facebook. Is this the it's a meme where the husband and wife are trying to figure out what to do for dinner. So the husband's like, where do you want to go for dinner? And she's like, I don't know. You pick. He says, how about pizza? She says, no. He says, how about tacos? She says, no. He says, how about cheeseburgers? She says, no. Well, where do you want to eat? She's like, I don't know. You pick. <laughs> it's, it's not healthy. You, can, you can't live like that. <laughs> you you got to look on the high levels of, of the Brad Pitts or, or uh, you know, what's, what's that other one who just went through hell? Phil Collins. Phil yeah. Collins and his ex-wife's $20 million lawsuit. And they had, so they, they keep dismissing these lawsuits and she keeps finding new lawyers. I mean, and their, their life, you know, their marriage was tumultuous. And, you know, it's Hollywood, it's music business, right? You see all these people, but Brad Pitt, I mean, they're, that's like eight years strong now, isn't it? Their, their divorce is going on. And she just tried to find another angle of going after him from, some company that she owns, a subsidiary, and then going after him for whatever. It's like, what? She just wants him to suffer, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I, I mean, she no wants question. Brad Pitt to suffer. This is a dude who was with, was he married to Jennifer Aniston? He was, right? 
I don't know if they were married, but they were together for a while. Yeah. I know they were together, and and he had said, you know, after they broke up, that all she wanted to do was sit around on the couch naked smoking marijuana, and that's not the life that he wanted. And I'm like, that's like opposite from every dude that I know. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I like mean, so. So your life is hanging out with Jennifer Aniston naked on the couch smoking weed. Yeah, and, and he wants instead. He he ends up falling for Angelina Jolie, who's known as being a nut. She's known for being crazy. It's like she's crazy yeah. all day long, and uh, and then you know adopting all those kids, which made things harder. Of course, they had a bunch of nannies and whatever. But you could see the grief and the strife on his face from that time on, of what it hit him. And I don't know, man. You would think people out there would have given him better advice. I don't think he knows. Well, look at Ben Affleck. I mean, he's back with J-Lo. They're married. She had three wedding dresses, the huge wedding, and all the hoopla. He didn't want any part of that. But that, but that's her life, you know? It's his mm-hmm. life to a lesser degree. His career is starting to, to go away, right? Ben Affleck, I mean, you know, he's taking uh, jobs for less money and that type of thing these days. So he's not Shakespeare either. He's not going to be out there doing great things. Uh, he's Ben Affleck. I mean, he's been in Hollywood for a long time, but you know, they're I gave them six months that they're gonna fizzle out those guys with the J Lo. I, I don't because right now she's still very uh popular and she's gonna you know, but she's she's fifty. She she's pushing pushing the wall. I mean, hitting the she already hit the wall, so time is ticking. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I, I don't I don't see that his career is going down. I it's 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 shifting directions because he's older now, but I don't I don't see it going away. Um, is he going to make the money he did? You know, when he was a young popular actor, probably not. But uh, he's going to get those roles that are going to probably get him Oscar nominations and Oscar bids and that kind of thing. Um, and everyone complained about him when they found out he was going to be Batman. I was like, well, you know, at least give the guy a chance. I'm not a big fan of his because of what he did with the, the Daredevil, which I still think was an okay movie, but a lot of people fault him for making, you know, the Daredevil a horrible movie. But as far as the Batman role goes, I think he did pretty good. And I think if he can keep up that kind of level for, you know, playing the grandpa down the road or playing the, uh, you know, the old wizard from Star Wars kind of thing, I, th- I think he's going to do fine. I'm a very weird person when it comes to movies and, and who I like and who I don't like. If, if there's someone in it, that I just can't watch it because I can't stand them. You know, I can watch his movies. I don't see him as an action guy. I mean, he was in Armageddon. That wasn't really action. I mean, you know, <laughs> it wasn't. So it's it wasn't. a fantastic movie. Whether you whether you believe the, the science or not, the, the movie is still very entertaining. He, he denounced it saying that he thought his acting abilities was better. He wanted to do Shakespeare. He wanted to do Macbeth and that type of stuff, but they're not going to pay him, you know, millions of dollars to be uh, in, in any kind of Shakespeare production. It's just not going to work, you know? So I think that he thinks differently of himself as, as an actor, which I don't see him as a, as this great actor. I kind of feel like he's the same in every role. You know, there's a few people like that. Yeah, George George. Clooney's like that for me. I think George Clooney plays the same character no matter what the character's name is. I don't really care for him. I thought he was one of the worst Batman that was ever on the screen. He was Batman, George Clooney? Wow. Yeah. How many how many of these guys have been? I know Michael Keaton. He was Uh, it's it's like nine, um, if you if you go back to the serials. Um, but you got Michael Keaton. Well, Adam West really invented the role, uh, I think. 
Um, you got a couple guys before him in the serials. I don't know their names. Then you got Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, Clooney, um, Bale, and uh, the new guy, um, that Pattinson kid. I think the only one I saw was Michael Keaton. I don't, I, I remember, uh, uh Val, Val Kilmer, Kilmer was very good too. Val Kilmer was an, an excellent Batman. I liked him in the role, but he only did the one movie. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of his uh, as an actor anyway, so. It wouldn't what? entice me to, yeah, it wouldn't entice me to watch it, you know. You need but, to go uh, watch Willow. I've seen Willow. It's all right. It's you know? a great movie. He's a, he plays just, the, the villain slash good guy. <laughs> yeah, he would have been slaughtered in real old old times. <laughs> yeah, maybe you, know, so. you know what? I, I just kind of, I like the realism of things. <laughs> would this guy really survive back then, you know? Yeah. But there's people that I just can't watch. Adam Sandler. I can't, I can't even see his face. Not even in an ad and nothing i'm repulsed why is it like that what's my problem with adam sandler i don't know i think he's kind of funny i mean he's kind of the similar goofy funny all the time but i I, the few movies i've seen that he's done they're they're okay they're entertaining i think he's the same in every movie again he's one he probably is yeah but he's still funny he's goofy stupid funny i just don't get it i don't want it (laughs) i think he's a good secondary character he's a good b actor you know, uh, uh, but he's not not a lead to me. But then I guess because it was his production companies doing all this, he got to be the head man. Yeah, when you own the company, you get to make the decisions. So, <laughs> who's that little guy too? That one uh, night yeah. night of the museum dude. Uh, the heck is his name? Well, night of the museum is Ben. Is is um, what's his name? Um, yeah, you almost had it. Ben. Ben Stiller. Yeah, this is a guy that I can kind of watch, but not more than once every five years. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) you know, Ben's still. I I mean, like, uh, Tropic of Thunder, you know, that movie. I know of it, but I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, very funny movie. I mean, a a lot of famous faces in there, but but they were good together, and it was very. What what they would describe as inappropriate in the, in the PC world, which yeah. speaks volumes to me. That's why it was so popular. You know, <laughs> even Tom Cruise was in that movie. Tom Cruise was, was playing the role of, of, you know, one of these Hollywood producers, like this foul mouth, you know, f you, I'm gonna, you know, rip your nuts off type of, like Harvey Weinstein. I think that was actually who he was right. trying to be. Weinstein. And, <laughs> if someone didn't tell you that that was uh, who he was, you wouldn't have known it was Tom Cruise. That that's how good his makeup was and he was very funny because he's a funny guy you know he can be anyway he's not known for comedy but that movie was cool that's ben stiller and i can see that but but i know that ben stiller only got into hollywood because of his famous parents and i think i have a huge problem with people like that and i and i root for people that get to hollywood that don't have that will smith i was happy he you know he was the quintessential non-threatening black guy in movies you know that's the one they went to. You know, if you look at Hollywood, they like non-threatening black types. They don't like the threatening types. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even uh, little Kevin Hart, little Kevin Hart, like the comedian. If you were if you were three o'clock in the morning, you're in Brooklyn, and you're getting on a subway car, right? And there's Will Smith over to the right, sitting there making his dumb face, and Kevin Hart's on the left. Big difference between the two. I mean, Kevin Hart's a little tiny guy. Mm-hmm. But you are going to be afraid of Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah. Because he looks like an angry little dude who could do anything to you that he wants. 
Will Smith is just like, oh, you know, like, right. like that. But but again, you have a guy controlled by his wife, you know, Jada. She 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 messed with messed with his guy's head, and uh, you know, when when she had that sexual relationship with that, that dude who was twenty something years, thirty years younger than her, you know, when the guy was twenty eight, she was what fifty two or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> and even though they say you know men shouldn't date younger women, and they chastise men for all that, but but it's okay for women to do it, I guess, and nobody says a word, but. Yeah. But she had Will so, so to tell Will Smith. I don't know if you know this. She had him come on her podcast and and said, you know, so got everybody to watch that Will Smith's going to be on. You know that that's the draw. Otherwise, nobody would watch what she has to say. He goes on there. She starts talking right. to him, and, and then she's like, "I've got something to tell you. I've been in a sexual relationship for two years with this dude. And, you know all that." Man, I, I had to look at the clip. If you want to see an emotional face and a dude trying to keep it together that's that's the clip go on youtube and look at that he was crushed she crushed him and, and yeah. he's still he's still with her so and and she knows that she has that power over him that she was able to hurt him the worst possible ways and that he's still there so what is it inside of us guys that has that kind of loyalty for such evilness man what is it I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds it sounds like she's got him by the short hairs and isn't going to let go. I mean, that sounds more like mind control than a relationship. The the money's his, the power's his. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's married to her, so she'll she'll fleece him in a divorce and, and get stuff get stuff that she didn't deserve. She didn't help him with his career. She didn't help him make any money. You know, she was actually recording him around his house with her phone for for clips for her. Uh, her podcast saying that, you know, the, the therapist that we work with, I'm going to have her on. And then, you know, even though obviously you're not, you know, you're not getting anything out of it, you know, that type of thing, like just putting him down. And he's like, you know, don't be rolling on me in my own house, you know, so here you can't, you can't get away from it. It's like right there in your face. Yeah. So I would have kicked it to the curb a long time ago and sucked it up, you know, whatever is inside of him. You know, his mother's still alive. She's a very nice lady. She she's probably upset that sees this this nasty woman is is affecting her son. So and he actually said a long time ago, man, in an interview that he wanted to become so famous, so powerful that no woman would ever cheat on him. Isn't that funny? Yeah, and here he is with someone who's been who cheated on him for you know a good long time, and you know. Uh, I, I've been cheated on. I don't know how about you have or not, but that that feeling sucks. And it's to this point, you know, I'm I'm single now. But if I get a girlfriend and she cheats one time, that's it. It's over. I'm sorry, we're done. You know, if, I, you, if you can't keep your stuff in your pants, then I don't want to be with you. I have a terrible story about cheating, and it was the only time that someone cheated on me that I knew about anyway. You know, and uh, and I, I'm at the mecca of long term relationships anyway, so. You know, the second I feel a little pain, I run the other way, man, like to save myself. Whether that's good or not, I don't know. So, but I was with somebody and she had this hold over me. And, uh, you know, like, like I wasn't uh, uh, thinking properly. I was doing too much for her. You know, she, I was putting myself into the utility role and that type of thing. And that's totally not like me, you know? Mm -hmm. So then I prayed. I prayed to God. I was like, God. Let me, let me do this the right way. <laughs> God Almighty Jesus, Alabuda, 
please send the good-looking guy her way that she'll forget all about me and be with him so I can be free. Release me. <laughs> and don't you know that's exactly what happened? That she had a friend who another woman, because she was, you know, at this point she was like 50 or whatever, or, you know, late 40s. Uh, and she had another woman who was her friend who was dating this young dude, just, just some grease monkey type of dude. And, uh, and he started hanging around with her. I, I go visit her and he, you know, he'd be down there and she, you know, she had all these cabins that she rented out. So, you know, she's like, oh, he's in one because he needs to stay in one for now, whatever. You know what? I even asked his son, anything going on? He gave me the dumbest look. And who <laughs> no, not at all. You know, because <laughs> he's not going to betray his mom. I knew what was going on. I knew what was going on. And, and you know what? I even called one time and they had just finished doing it. And I knew the sound of her voice after that, you know, after that just finished you know i knew i felt it i knew it and i confronted her with it on the phone she said yes and whatever and i said good luck with your new man it's funny because when I, I kept i knew about it and i kept confronting her over and over again and then she was like she even said you know like oh i'd never be with a grease monkey you know I, yeah. oh my god really and then guess what the relationship didn't guy used her you know and, and he was like this loser with no job and that type of thing and you know, mess things up for her and her families. <laughs> but I, I got to be free. Free, free Michael Anglin. Free. <laughs> I'm as free as a bird, y'all. I'll tell you, man. <laughs> There's a lot to be said for, for being free. Yeah, I mean, and I, I kind of like being being me and being single, but uh, at the same time, you know, when you want someone to go do something, you know, most of my friends live an hour away now, guys I grew up with, so I have to drive down there. So you know, if I wanted to go out to the movies, I don't have that many friends here in Pennsylvania yet to be able to go. Hey, let's go see that new movie. All right, let's go. So I'm basically on my own, which kind of does. It, like I said, it has its perks and it has its downside. Got to volunteer, man. Volunteer or hang around a shoe store if you want to meet women. You know what I mean? That's that's the place they go. If, you, if there's any place that they go, it's a shoe store. I learned that a long time ago. And you can hang out, be like uh, one of the shoe guys there. You know, like hey, can I show you something? <laughs> show you some five inch heel, six inch heel, something. Like that. You know what I mean? Fell off the truck, only been dropped once and never been worn. I love that salesman. He's so nice. And be like, what, what salesman? <laughs> we don't have that here. <laughs> that guy don't oh, work here. <laughs> he massaged my feet. He was so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Showed her those loafers, man, whatever. Loafers, spectator pumps. Men wear loafers, don't you? I wear boots, man. I'm a boot guy. But that's where you meet women. That's all. People say all these different things. Go to the store and whatever. When women are in a supermarket, they're not thinking of guys. You know what Google says? Mm. If you ask Google where to where to meet women, it tells you to go to church. Go to church. It does. I swear to God. That's like I'm not going to say because I have a Google machine here, but I'll say blank Google. Where can I find you know pretty single women? And it says go to church. When I, when I do that, it sends me these escort services, man. Does <laughs> it? <laughs> My Google's different than yours. What you happened? Yours tuned differently. My, mine is tuned towards the religious end. <laughs> Where do I meet single women? 
escorts escorts are us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> do I mean? Single women I don't have to pay for. Beep, nothing. Nowhere, Here's the hooker you know? stroll. You know, fourteen. You know, it gives you the directions to downtown New York to the hooker stroll. I don't know. Religious women. Do you think that? I mean, some of them are really kooky. You know, I know a lot of them. I think anybody who's devoutly religious is kooky. I mean, my parents tried to drag us to to church every Sunday, and there were three of us, me, my brother, and sister, and we would all scream and wail. None of us wanted to ever go. Uh, we, I found it boring. Um, you know, I don't believe in God, and I haven't since I was like 11. So even way back then, I just I, I questioned the whole religion thing. It just it made no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. Organized religion is, is about power and control. You know, I mean, you could, you know what, you know, what's inside of yourself, you know, you know, when you look in there that, that there's, there's a goodness and, and uh, you know, that's what people have to have their faith on. Otherwise you don't put faith in, in a building. You don't put faith in some false prophet, all these people running around talking crap. It, they don't even understand the book that they preach and, and the messages that, that are really meant for people, you know, because you know what, I mean, you're not going to get the message coming from somebody else. They're, that's their interpretation. You know, the message is yours. I mean, I got got the Ethiopian Bible. That's got, I think, 70, 70 books. It's got the Book of Mary. It's got things that the King James Version didn't want to put in there because they they were against women. They they didn't want any part of that, you know. So, so and again, it's about power and control. So, same for Judaism. It all oh, sounds like it. I mean there's the Council of Nicaea way back uh, with the first century AD that they they went through the Bible, which used to have all those books that the Ethiopian version has, and, and maybe a few others. Oops, excuse me, like some of the ones that they were found with the Dead Sea Scrolls, and they edited all that stuff out. That is the Ethiopian Bible. It's actually the Dead Sea Scrolls, you know, but it has the most books, and, and you know some of them are cryptic. And whatever, but it, it gives you a general sense of the time where people were, and also the stories that were told, which weren't really, you know, when Jesus spoke to thousands of people up on the hill, you know, there weren't thousands of people to gather. These were very little, tiny areas, maybe twenty or thirty in the town, sometimes maybe a hundred if you're lucky, you know. But it wasn't like mm -hmm. some some New York City metropolis, you know. But uh, yeah. but 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 if you look at religion for religion, like uh, I got a family member who she's Jewish, and then she also believes in Buddhism. Which is really messed up <laughs> because the two don't really shake hands at all. You know what I mean? No, if I really. if I, I ask any religious person about their religion and ask them an innocent question that uh, just any kind of contradictory question that that because there's lots lots in all of them, you know, uh, they their heads explode. They can't they can't answer you. They don't have an answer for you. So I said, you know, there's, you know I said to her, I'm like. She's like, well, the Buddha says this, and the Buddha, every time he gives me some wisdom, she quotes the Buddha. I know that this dude took the Tao Te Ching written by Lao Tzu and took those verses and made them into his own. You know, uh, he just rearranged the words. Yeah. So, so that's Buddha, right? But Buddha is a guy who left his wife and his child and then said he wanted to go out and be among the people, right? Because <clears throat> life is suffering and all that. Mm -hmm. He was about to become king of like 73 different lands, you know, like a huge area. He could have changed things for the better as king. He would have had ultimate power to do it. But he left his wife and kid. And that and that was his thing. And, and all of a sudden he's like you know, enlightened for that. So then he you know, he finds the, the famous 
fig tree, he sits in front of it, and then all these evils are trying to get at him and whatever. But obviously, he had he has some mental problems, you know. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, anybody I think who's too too devoutly religious is got mental problems. I mean, you know, you, you ever look at any football teams that the guy makes an amazing play, gets into the end zone, and the sideline interviewer is like, "Hey, how'd you do that? Oh, God, help me do that." Really? Because I didn't see God on the field; I saw you. He's on he's on a quest for for all kinds of things, including loyalty. But yet he leaves his wife and child behind. That that just gets me. That that strikes me hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and then for people to quote the guy, it's like the Mormons, you know, Joseph Smith and that whole story. That happened upstate New York, not even that far from here. Yeah, Ontario County. And the guy was walking through. Joseph Smith is a teenager walking through the woods, finds tablets from Jesus Christ written in Aramaic, and he automatically knew what they said, right? Then he tells a few people about it. The people in the town come to his house, and they said, you know, show us these tablets. And he said, oh, you know, Jesus came and took them back last night because he knew people were going to come and use them for bad things. And they believed that story, yeah. and they built a whole religion out of it. You know? Then they wanted to sleep multiple wives and whatever, so they couldn't do it in New York. They all went to Utah because at that right. time it, it was allowed. It was legal or whatever, you know. It was a territory. Built, it wasn't a state yet. Yep. They, they built up Salt Lake City. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> now now the, the Mormon church banned it. But then in Mexico, they still have, you can have multiple wives. They have like these enclaves in Mexico. And they're, they're battling it out with uh, those uh, cartels. The cartels are pissed off that the Mormons are there. <laughs> what a weird world we live in. <laughs> yeah. You got a drug cartel pissed off at a church. <laughs> That's kind of weird. I, I love asking them all the same that, that about their, their magical underwear that they wear. Because they, they're required to wear this underwear that uh, is supposed to save their private parts. If, any, if they're in any, any kind of cataclysm, horrible car crash, airplane crash, you know, uh, asteroid hits you. Your private parts are going to live on wearing these <laughs> underwear. And I've known Mormons in my life, and that's my favorite question. That's the, the one, number one. I, I go, I go. That's my first first question. <laughs> Do you wear the protective underwear? And they always make a dumb face, like because they know they have to answer. They know it. Do you wear it? And they go, oh, yes. Second question: Do you think it'll save your private parts if the rest of you gets burnt to a crisp? <laughs> you know, uh, so I mean, it's 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 primitive, right? It's it's silly. It's, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's cart it's like cartoonish almost, right? And, and that fact that they have so much power, and, and you know, yeah. I mean, the Mormons own Marriott, Marriott churches. I mean, Marriott church, <laughs> Marriott. Uh, well, hotel. yeah, might as well call it church. <laughs> they don't believe in drinking. They don't believe in caffeine. Any of that stuff. Yeah, they they're not allowed to drink coffee or they're not allowed to yeah. drink Coke, tea. I know I was just outside of Salt Lake City a couple years ago and uh, I was in Pro Provo, whatever. And I could have gone through Salt Lake. I just didn't want to. I didn't care. There wasn't anything there for me to see that, you know, I was just trying to get the hell out of there. But uh, it was so hard to find a Starbucks or anything to get coffee, even in the town that I was in, you know. So. Even the hotel didn't didn't make coffee available in the rooms. They had a thing downstairs wow. if you wanted to make the extra effort. And then they didn't have any hot, you know, so obviously it wasn't something, even though I, I carry my own French press 
when I travel. It's, it's small. It's easy. All I got to do is heat up water in a microwave and pour it in there with my grinds, and boom, I got the best coffee in the world. So I don't rely on on that type. But I do go to Starbucks. You know, there's a drive-through. As long as it doesn't have 40 cars in there, I'll go through there. You know, but that was weird, man. And that's that's power. That's power, isn't it? That's that is that is kind of strange. That they would ban it in the city for like even people who aren't in their religion. I don't think they ban it. I think they discourage it. You know that I, I think that so so many people around there are Mormons who own businesses. They just don't have it necessarily, you know, or, or they have it. You have to make an effort to get it. It is that type of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> like marijuana, you know, is still not legal in Utah. Utah wow. is still it's legal all around there. I think not Wyoming, but Colorado, Colorado, for sure, yeah, New Mexico, uh, Nevada, all these other places out there. Arizona, it's all all legal now. <clears throat> so I don't know, dude. It's a crazy world, but it's getting crazier by the day. And you know, I, I don't know. My me me myself, my whole life has changed so so dramatically since my mom died. <clears throat> I really don't care about a lot of stuff anymore. And, you know, it's like something died with me, you know, with her. Yeah. So it, uh, it used to be like, oh, this cool thing's happening. <clears throat> you know, let me call my mom and tell her, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, you know, you win an award, you do something cool or whatever, you know what I mean? Any any kind of strides. You want the people around you who love you to, to you know, be happy for you. And it's almost like you're doing it for them too, you know what I mean? To make them happy because they see mm-hmm. you successful, that type of stuff. And now it's like uh, it's gone. All that the daily conversations are gone, and you know the holidays and all that. It, it changes everything. It changes everything, man. And uh, you know, I'm I'll be 56 tomorrow, so I'm, I'm in the the zone where a lot of my friends have also lost their parents. You know, so yeah, we're, yeah, both of mine are gone. So we're we're all orphans in the zombie land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah, absolutely, yeah. So so what do you think Joe's doing in Utah right now, man? Moon landing. Uh, Doing a Mars landing, <laughs> or, or he's looking for that third wife. <laughs> well, you see, on Mars they found organic materials, you know, in rock, and they're going to send it back to the U.S. as fast as possible, whatever that means. Wow! So, pretty cool, pretty interesting. They're going to find a lot of stuff there. They're going to find an awful lot of stuff there. You know, well, and then they're going to find stuff. Well, scientists are pretty certain there was life there at one point, so that's not surprising, but. Are they going right. to find anything that's living? That would be like, you know, maybe underground, you know what I mean? Maybe. That type of thing. Yeah. But especially if they have advanced technologies, you know, but look at the moon. I mean, why do you think that we never had anybody walk on the moon since we had someone walk on the moon? They, you know, I understand that we were told not to. We were told not to come back. And right. there's there's at least like six or seven cities on the other side of the moon uh, controlled by uh, other alien forces. That's what this guy who, uh, a cryptographer, he's a cryptographer, right? And he fixes cryptography equipment. So, uh, you know, anything that maps anything out, that, that's what the guy, so he said in the mid 60s, I think it's in 1966, he was called in to, because they were mapping out the moon. And, uh, you know, he was called in to fix the equipment because they had broken. And then, you know, the, as soon as they sent him, I guess, the telegraph, okay, come on in, uh, where were the NSA? And he thought, he said in his mind he thought it was NASA, like his mind thought NASA, and oh. then he didn't really realize like NSA. Why do they need me? You know. But then he goes into this meeting with the guy to fix the equipment. This guy starts showing him the agent was like showing him all these pictures of bases on the moon, on the dark side of the moon, these alien bases. He said you should see the stuff that we found. He's like it'll blow your mind. This dude, the cryptographer, is like 
I don't have any clearance for this. I don't know why you're telling me this. I don't want any part of this because he thought he was going to be knocked off after right. what this dude had said, you know. And then this guy's out there telling the stories on YouTube and different places. He goes on, you know, ancient aliens and whatever. I lost all respect for them because they had John DeSalvo on there. Do you know that guy, John DeSalvo? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Joe, Joe had him on the show a few times. In fact, they did a show together, you know. But uh, you know why I don't like him? This is very simple. So Joe invites me on the show with both of them, right? So I'm like, okay, I, I've got no, nothing to do right now. I'll go on. <clears throat> I go on there. We start. They're talking about UFOs. We're talking about. I start talking about that too. And then also, you know, Joe, Joe starts talking about ghosts. And I start talking about ghosts and whatever. This guy, I wasn't even on there for a minute and a half. This guy was like, okay thank you bye we don't want you on the show go you know <laughs> you know who, who are you to treat me like that you know what i mean hmm. i'm from the city i'll come to your house and knock you out and you all <laughs> ring the doorbell but yeah i'm a savage man <laughs> you know what i mean i'm an, i'm a human animal you'll come give me a break you gonna treat me like that you know treat people with respect but that's why i don't like the guy and then uh but I guess I guess everybody left them. So Ancient Aliens had him on one time, a long time ago. But I was watching a rerun, talking about the pyramids. And this guy, the guy knows nothing about pyramids. He knows nothing about Egypt. He knows nothing about any of that stuff. So why are you asking him his his what about his comments? So I lost all respect for Ancient Aliens, not just because of that, but because they have so-called experts who aren't experts. You know, they they don't have any background in what they're talking about. So I don't know. I got a cousin the same name, Michael Angley. He was, uh, uh, you know, 20 years in the Air Force. He was a full bird colonel uh, and head of the Office of Special Investigations. That's the guy you want to talk to, you know. In yeah. fact, I'm going to ask him to come on the show because, man, he's got some cool stories, you know. And he was based in Japan, in Okinawa. He was he was actually the, the head of the base. So, man, he's got some cool stories. That's who you want to hear from, not not some dude, you know. Uh, uh, the, guy, the guy brags that he could be the way he is because he has a Ph.D. What does that mean? You know what I mean? Like I got, I know so many. I'm I'm in Ithaca, New York, where PhDs are everywhere. Probably the guy who made me my hamburger has a PhD because they're yeah. they're everywhere, literally everywhere. And and for this dude to say that, just 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 like just show me how low the guy really is. But if you notice, he's not around the network anymore. Yeah, no, I mean they they've done that with a few other people. I mean they used to have uh, Dr. Zahi Hawass, who's the supposedly the leading uh egyptologist uh expert on the pyramids but that man is not a true scientist he 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 ignores facts that are in place believes in facts that aren't in place and is he's he's delusional he's convinced that um if you don't believe what he believes about the pyramids then you're wrong and i guarantee you he's completely 100 wrong about the pyramids but yet he was one of their show experts I think the big pyramid was a, an engine, some kind of motor. And I think they, they had methane on one level. They found these huge uh, copper hooks and some, some long shaft. And just in one room, there was these two huge copper hooks. And then, you know, they, they were connected down below. So I, I think they, they don't know what they're for. They have no idea why they would have them. And copper is a great way to conduct electricity. So, so I think that uh, there was something that the big pyramid was some kind of motor. And, and then, you know, it powered other things around there. You know, it makes sense if you look at the properties. Yeah. Chris Dunn, the, the, uh, the, the engineer, has found residues of, of several acids on the walls in two different 
like you know acids that you would put in like a battery type machine um i'd always thought at one point um because there's a over on the sinai there's like a, a part of the sand it looks like rockets have been launched off like like big rockets like like our moon our moon mission rockets and i always thought that the pyramids maybe were like the chemical um factory where they made this the the solid and liquid fuels for the rockets but um they there were some kind of thing and what the egyptians did is they whatever's underneath those pyramid blocks is not what we think um because they put cover stones that the, the pyramid texts talk about the cover stones yeah. they don't talk about the building of the whole thing yeah. the cover stones are limestone so they could easily the egyptians could easily have made precise cuts on those but they covered something up and i'd like to know what it is well they had the capstones and then on top of the capstone was gold there, there was some allegedly kind of... we haven't found one we don't we haven't found one with a capstone on it yet so we don't know this, for sure. this is the legend that they're all gold and then when uh scientists want to recreate it the egyptian government won't let them do it they're like no we're not letting you do it they're they're afraid of what's going to happen if they replace and and put that that back up there that you know but i think that more has to happen than just putting the the capstones back in yeah place. it has I to have the, the whatever chemicals were you know there's there's like two or three chemicals on the walls that uh are part of the mechanism or whatever it is yeah. that it does whether it makes energy or it creates you know solid rocket fuel or whatever uh we we don't have the the water close enough to it the nile was closer to those and was part of that engine too i think you ever make a baghdad battery you ever do it I've never never made one myself, no, but I've I've seen it done. I've made a small one just to see if I could do it. And it works. It definitely yeah. works. You you get get a heavy shock off that. If you had enough of them together, that you know, it's quite a bit of power. If you make a bank out of them, yeah, but you know, what they probably think they were used for is you know, minor things like, you know, electrolyte, uh electroplating uh metals onto onto lesser metals to make, yeah. you know, jewelry and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a it's a fascinating thing that they two thousand years or whenever they found that thing BCE that there's an actual basically a double A battery that was made before batteries were needed. <laughs> well, look, look at the you know the Andes Andes man up the Andes mountains. You got you know a Puma Punku and all that other stuff around there, mm -hmm. and you you have these stones that are carved so beautifully and so smooth. You know, and they say that it was cut like laser precision. But I mean, yeah, there's always technology, and people can come up with personal technology if they have an idea. But to do something like that and make interlocking stones that large, that you know, that weigh tons above above the tree line. Now, this is you know, sixteen thousand feet in the Andes. You know, in some places, twelve thousand. But who's who's up there? You know, who's up there at that time years ago was someone who didn't want other people to come up there. But there was a community about 40,000 people, they believe. And that, that's a large community of what, whatever they were doing. Ten, so 10,000 feet around is the tree line. So when you're above that, you know, you, you really can't grow much. There. The air is getting thin, you know. So I don't know. It, it's fascinating. And this is the same time where humans were using chicken bones as tools. They, they weren't really... Uh, building things and, and right yeah around. and then they're they attribute the puma punko to this race of people who didn't even have a written language yet right isn't that interesting yeah. so there's a, there's a lot of stuff that we don't understand but i think we can take the evidence and put it all together and see that it definitely points somewhere you know uh, and then go on from there but 
we're going to end the show, man. Anything you want to add to anything about anything? Uh, no, but we got one. I've got one more week on the Church of Mabus, and next week we're talking with Wild Trees, which should be pretty good. Bigfoots cool. and tardigrades and other strange creatures. Bigfoot. <laughs> I have a uh, challenge out there, a hunting Bigfoot challenge. Anybody brings me uh, a shot Bigfoot, it gets a million dollars. Cool. I'll sell it to science for three million. So I'll make my money. <laughs> I'm gonna be like well, those antique picker guy tip with Bigfoot. The only way to catch it is to shoot it, I think, you know. <laughs> as, as much as I hate to say that that's the way to bring it to science, I think that's gonna be the only way. You know, Autobahn when 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 they made all those beautiful birds, you know, like the, the paintings and all that, they did it from dead birds. They killed the bird so they could study it, so they can, you know, put yeah. all that together. So Kind of heinous to think all those beautiful birds were put to death for that reason, but I don't know, man. I think Bigfoot is weird. It depends on what school of thought you're from. You know, these these very tall skeletons they found around the world, and even locally. You know, northern Pennsylvania, Spanish Hill, which is uh, Waverly, Waverly Sayer right there. They found uh, over a dozen of these tall. They were digging the road, putting the road in. They found a dozen of these skeletons. They called out the chief archaeologist from the state. From, he came from uh, uh, Pittsburgh. He shows up. He says, yeah, they're bones, you know, and then they shipped him down to Philadelphia to the university where they disappeared. And they said that they don't know what happened to them. They're all gone. <clears throat> then they blamed uh, the workers. Oh, the workers, uh, you know, just kind of did a hoax. It was from the workers. These workers couldn't have done a hoax like that. And they were all together when they found uh, the skeletons, when they were uncovering new earth, not earth that they uncovered, that they, they buried again. And they kept finding more and more, and a lot of them were 14 feet tall, 15, 16 feet tall, had horns. Some of them had horns. Yeah, you know? I've seen those pictures, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's crazy, right? And if you go to the local historian, she's funny. She she laughs it off, but then she believes it's real. You know what I mean? So so she's like, the official thing was uh, they're fake. But I said, no, that's not what the chief archaeologist, this guy staked his reputation on saying these bones were real mm -hmm. he knows bones you know you know bones so but let's go back to, to that area in pennsylvania you know how many thousands of years ago do you think it was i mean and, and they buried their people overlooking the susquehanna so there's also that you know a lot of indian tribes uh have burial grounds that overlook water right that type of thing but th this this goes back to hey maybe if some of those have survived in the deep woods could be the bigfoot right could be a sasquatch could, could be i have never seen a bigfoot with horns on him but uh the one that i did see was at least 12 feet tall so they're they're not they're not tiny creatures i don't know and then it comes down to community uh you know if they have to have baby baby big feet <laughs> bigfoot yeah. they're gonna have to survive somehow and without being seen and, and now you have a lot you know I mean, there's a lot of dense woods that people don't traverse anyway these days. But, uh, you know, but I think ultimately so many cameras and drones and whatever is out there, everything. But I don't know. It's interesting, but interesting to explore those things. That's not the only place they found these tall skeletons. They found over 200 dig sites around the world where they found these tall skeletons, yeah. some of them 18 feet tall. You know, so that that needs to be examined on, on who they were. and But they never... They never test the bones. Every time the government gets a hold of them, they just take them and they don't do it. They lock them away in the dark. Yeah, they or they disappear. Them. Yeah, we never, uh -huh. never get any conclusions. Which means to me that someone told them something about it. You know, someone told them something. So, but anyway, we'll end the show. And you guys can catch me at Discovery Paranormal every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And of course, 
the red pill news. Take the red pill. Take the red pill. Take the red pill. <laughs> Don't be a blue pill or a purple pill. You know, put those red pill glasses on and see things how they really are. Every Thursday, 8 p.m. Next week, we're going to get my friend Tom Galvin on the show. The guy I went to school with, man, he's retired in YPD. He's got a lot of cool stuff to add. And he tried coming on tonight, but there was something going on with the internet and whatever, man. So we live in an imperfect world. That's right. But expect him next week. And then Joe will be on telling all his great stories about Utah. UFOs in Utah. I don't know what great story you can tell about Utah. Utah is not really a great story place. The speed limit's 80 miles an hour, so it's terrible. You know what? I like going fast. I don't like other people going fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes it it makes it very dangerous, especially if they're in a Ford. You know, and like like 80 yeah. miles per hour for everybody, Fords just do the best you can, that type of thing. But when we, we were leaving that Provo area and I was cutting into uh Wyoming, right? Right. And you you're going up in in the hills and, and it's really beautiful in there, but you know, there are these big gorges, hills and whatever, and valleys. It's 80 miles an hour, and wow. the road is going to the left, to the right, switching around. The tractor trailers are right there next to you, coming in your lane because they can't handle that speed, and, and they shouldn't be. You know, there used to be like a law where they weren't allowed to go as fast as cars. Oh my God, it, it made it like wow. And little tiny, you know, because these are mountain roads, so they're not very wide either. They, you know, they work with what they got to work with. Oh my God, and and I got nerves of steel I'm from the city. You know, see the stuff I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I, I crashed into the wall. <laughs> I crashed into the wall of the Midtown Tunnel eating Chinese food ribs. <laughs> I, you know, I was with this girl and she was like taking her top off. And I was like, this, this is my early days, you know. <laughs> We're eating these ribs. And I had this old station, this old Malibu station wagon. You know, it was my city car. I didn't care what happened to that car. All of a sudden, I look down and see sparks flying up. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, those are fun days, man. I don't have any fun at all anymore. No fun at all anymore. But if anybody wants to send any kind of donations uh, for my birthday, you definitely can. Michael Angley at Hotmail.com on PayPal. <laughs> nobody, nobody ever does. So fuck y'all. <laughs> all right, man. So we're going to end it. So we're going to say goodnight to everybody. And next week, we'll have everybody else on. And That'll be that. Uh, have a good week. Keep your head low. Admit to nothing. And watch out for those blood-sucking leeches out there. because they And UFO get... stories from Utah. UFO. No coffee stories from Utah. UFO. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye.